This podcast is brought to you by Gistia Labs, an award-winning product development team that helps high-tech companies build successful web applications. Find more great content like this podcast at gistia.com. You're listening to Launch Solid, a podcast about tech products, startups, and the entrepreneurship life. All right, so check this out. It's it's what? It's uh, January 8th. So it's the f- end of the first week of 2016. Holy crap. Um, so for those of you guys, for those of the, in the audience who haven't listened to the first episode that I recorded with James, go and check that out. Uh, but James owns and operates uh, an agency called Fuse. They are a design and development agency. Actually, why don't you introduce Fuse yourself? What would you, how would you describe Fuse in, in a couple of words? We're awesome. Um, no, uh, we're, we're a, you, you hit the nail on the head. We're a small remote agency. Uh, we design and develop digital products for clients from startups and small businesses to big international organizations like NASA and Amazon. So, yeah, that's kind of what we do. We're like the partners to a lot of our clients who have big ideas and want to see how we can execute on them. All right. So... That's the pitch for Fuse. All right, but <laughs> but the, the the interesting part is um, how we live in a similar world, um, a very parallel world. Uh, James and I have the same role within our companies, although the profile of our companies is a little different because ours just is more an engineering company, software engineering, meaning. We it's just coding basically a bunch of coding, and of course with with all the product road mapping and everything that comes with that. Uh, and James' world is a little bit earlier in the process where there's a lot of design, where there's a lot of scoping, there's a lot of 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 um, how do I say this? But it's like the, the strategy behind whether the product is going to work or not, and all those things. Um, so again, it's a very similar world, but we ha- we work like in different phases, right? We we do different things for our clients. Yeah. Um, but what I find really interesting in a relationship is that we have experience. We we do similar things. So, anyways, for, for me, I wanted to touch on like kicking off the year. We're kicking off the year, right? Everybody's kind of in this kicking off the year mode. This podcast is going to be uh, live next week. Next, uh, so you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, the twelfth. Yeah, Tuesday twelfth. Well, unless they listen to it like a couple days later or a couple months later. Like- well, then they gotta come go back and start listening <laughs> to all the podcasts. <laughs> so, um, anyways, the idea is that this is the, the beginning of the year for for us and yeah. probably for many of the listeners, and we want to start planning and, and talking about you know the the miss the, the the wins and kind of the misses that we had last year, and how we're gonna execute. You know, against that this year, how are we going to improve ourselves? And just just talking a little bit, you know, almost like two agency owners talking about their strategy and, and the things that, that we're going to tackle this year. I think it's interesting for us to kind of put together, think of what our priorities are and how we, why they're, they're, they're important to us and, and just go with that. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. That's a good theme. I like that. All right. And by the way, you better get used to to James coming on the podcast. This is he's always a great host and no, no, a great. Well, guest. you're technically a host. Yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the host. You're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he always comes, 
you know, we don't prepare these. We just we just know that the conversations between us are always like I want to record a conversation to have with James. Uh, he he comes with, loaded with great uh, stuff, and I think yeah. you'll find it valuable. All right, so let's start with with you. You you go first. Um, it's the beginning of the year, right? And as you are kind of you know we have this psychological thing psychological type of of a way of seeing the new year as a new slate like a fresh start what is the main priority for you what are you seeing as i have this has this year or or right now this is what my focus is on the first thing that i want to start with is the the fact that i think to a certain extent we we do look at the new calendar year or looking at the gregorian calendar as like you know, January 1st is a start to the new year and we're all going to start fresh. But I do think that uh, a lot of the times I find people in December and November starting to say, oh, I'm going to start doing that in January or I'm going to start doing that in the new year, as opposed to just getting stuff done whenever. Like setting a calendar date for losing weight or changing a particular part of your business doesn't make sense. It should just be something you're constantly doing. So for this year, there's definitely a lot of goals. And I think it's important to have like, your, your, your New Year's resolutions be more so goals for what you want to achieve throughout the year. Um, but I, I don't think that they, that a calendar day should stop you or put you off from, from doing a particular thing. But regardless, now that I've given a rant on uh, New Year's resolutions, I think uh, this year the focus for us uh, – uh, let's let's look at last year first. The focus on, uh, for us last year was a lot of foundational changes and getting organized. And even the year before uh, was a lot of uh, foundational changes and getting organized. But last year, uh, over the course of the year, we had such a fantastic first three quarters. Like, unstoppable, felt like we were on top of the world, like working on some really cool, interesting projects that were much larger than we've ever uh, worked on before. And then we got to Q4 thinking that, oh man, everything's going so well, it's going to keep going well. And then things didn't go so well. And so Q4 was really rough for us. So what what my instant reaction to, uh, to, to kind of some of the sales problems, let's say, that we had during Q4, we can talk more about that in a little bit, but uh, is is looking at, at sales and, and understanding uh, how sales... It, uh, how sales operates and how it should be done, and more specifically with the business, um, how we can do it in a way that doesn't have the ups and downs that it sometimes does. Um, and this is this is known for every consulting business. I, I, I work with um, in Toronto a bunch of other agency owners and um, organize a little group of us who who uh, talk to each other. And whenever I went to anyone and, and told them, you know, some of the problems that I was having in Q4 of the year last year, um, they were all like, yeah, totally, like, we've been there or we are there. And uh, I think that there's something to be said with that and there's some sort of solution there. And I look at that more, you know, those problems as more of like a, a motivation to figure out a solution uh, for my business. And it's going to mean some change potentially. It's going to mean, you know, uh, potentially either bringing on a person or a service to support some of the stuff that we're doing or change, you know, the types of projects that we, we put ourselves in front of or how we organize ourselves. But I think to, to bring it back to uh, the, the point, I think, you know, 2016 for me is sales. I want to understand how it works. I want to be better at doing it. Um, and whatever whatever that means for for me, I mean, 
I'm, I'm going to find out this year. And I, again, it's, it's such a, it's a bewildering comment for me to also look at the year as being like, okay, we're going to execute these things. And we do have goals for the year. So I, I don't want to like completely dismiss the idea of resolutions. Um, but those goals are, are really tangible goals and they're not like every day I'm going to wake up and brush my teeth, which, you know, I've, I've done what well, we're day eight of the year. So I've brushed my teeth at least 10 times this year, which is fantastic. My dentist is happy. But I think uh, the goals that we have are a little bit more, um, are a little broader and they aren't tied to the year. And it's not like we're just stopping uh, or we're just starting to do these things now. These things started last quarter. Uh, they started even before then. And we're going to continue doing them and, and just continue focusing on improvement. But there's something also to be said about executing against a goal, right? Because um, we are sometimes um, led by – we sometimes get caught up with trailing metrics. Let's, let's, let's use that term as a – let's go with that term, trailing metrics. Trailing metrics means, uh, say, the revenue we did per year, right? Let's say yeah. if, if you're – my goal – is I want to make a million dollars a year. Okay. Sure. Um, and the only thing you're measuring is the revenue that you're making. Again, that, that trailing goal. But what activities lead to that goal, right? How many, so how many calls are you making? How many calls turn into, how, how many emails, cold emails that you send out? Or how many meetings do you have? So kind of those those metrics that are leading not uh well, actually leading is the word I wanted to use for the for the ones that that take take um that happen first so the the ones are more results so the you know the your goal is a result of an activity. I personally think that what needs to be measured and what needs to be um what you need to have your eye on is on the activities that lead to those results. Yeah. So I think when you're when you're looking at your business and, and trying to turn, determine some of those goals, what we often do is exactly as you said, okay, I want to make a million dollars this year. Well, what does it mean to make a million dollars? Does it mean you need to bill a uh, hundred thousand hours? Does it mean that you need to uh, have a certain amount of clients? Is it that you need to change your hourly rate from something to something? Or how many hours per person need to be worked over the course of the year? to achieve this goal. When you break it down into those steps, then what you can start seeing on a week-to-week -week basis is how things are measuring against that. So I think, you know, there's there was a, a, a term that was used um, or is, is quite often used, you know, what can be measured can be improved or what can be tracked can be improved. And I believe that If you are tracking things, it, certain things are eas more easily tracked than others. You know, uh, obviously the quantitative things like hours, for example, are, are very easily tracked. Whether you're using, you know, Harvest as uh, as the service for tracking hours and you use their API to uh, to, to measure results with, or uh, you're or you're looking at uh, the amount of tasks that you've completed on a project per week. I think that those things are the easy things to be tracked, but we so often forget about some of the qualitative things as well. Uh, the things that don't necessarily have numbers or are, are harder to track. Um, things like, you know, the happiness of your team, which could still, you know, potentially be put on a scale, uh, or the amount of projects that you've won, which sometimes aren't things that we really measure uh, as business owners. It's just things that happen. 
But as we start tracking those things, sure, yeah, you can achieve, you can definitely achieve, uh, figure out how to achieve those goals. And um, the, the more of those metrics that you have, I think the, 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 the more the chance of your, your success because you can tie specific actions, like you said, to, to the results. Things. Yeah. Um, and so now on my end for the year, funny, funnily enough, it's like you you said what you said, like the 2015 was a great year and at the end it slowed down. I mean, you're telling me my story because 2015 for us was a great year. Um, we had a bunch of projects uh, with uh, multiple larger customers. We even launched a book. You know, we did our first tra training ever on Angular, um, meaning we, we trained a large company on Angular. And um, so it was a hectic year. It was a great year, though. I, I actually want to say it was probably the best, my best professional year ever. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, funny how you can have your best professional year, but then still have a quarter that screws you up. Like, I think that that's something, that, there's something to be said about that, because last year, undeniably, was our best year of business. And that was, uh, before that, it was the year before. And I think there's something to be said about every year being the best year of business. And it doesn't necessarily mean that every quarter, every day, every week is perfect. But it means that, you know, as an aggregate, as, you know, as you mature as, as a business, you start seeing things uh, with a little bit more of a step back mentality. You see, hey, actually things went really well today, this year. We still achieved a lot of the goals that we set out at the beginning of the year. We, um, we feel like more connected as a team. We're working on cooler projects. But again, last quarter yeah or, or it could be the second quarter we had a, a year where the second quarter screwed us up for me the last last year it so the quarter was the last quarter was starting you know decent october was strong like we were like five projects at a time a bunch of projects at a time but we finished the projects and i was foreseeing that mid-november those projects were ending and now we had to go back to our stakeholders within the same companies because we know their roadmap. We know they have multiple projects in the pipelines that that we need to do. Um, but some of those were dependent on on some internal processes of theirs. And that held us back until this week. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Since, so November, we've been, I mean, with that, with, with not all clients, but with that one particular customer, We've been almost doing very, just very little high-level work with a few projects, um, but they went, all those projects went in, I don't want to say in, in pause mode, but we were still, we were waiting for them to finish a, a part of the project that they needed to finish before we could continue um, until literally this week that just passed. So that also brought me, brought to my attention that basically I need to improve in sales and business development and all the same things that you're talking about is are the are the the same kind of same thing that you're focusing on this year same thing i'm focusing on because if had we had more customers you know maybe another customer that we could have you know we could have used another customer to help us replace or or add to that slow time um and i think we're we're at a point where we need to have we can't have many eggs in one basket. We have to have them equally spread out so that if one customer goes, has a pause like this time, that we don't even flinch. Like, okay, 
no problem. And we, we, we have more work here. So, but I think you have to be prepared for that. And he, this is what happened to me um, on uh, last year. So basically we got so busy with projects that I deaccelerated my sales and business development um, kind of pipelines. Like I deaccelerated on that end. So for me, it was kind of a, a wake up call to say that says, hey, you need to go back to to doing what you do what you do to to, to continue. Otherwise, the company dies, right? I mean, it's dependent on us. Yeah, which is unreal um, and not something that I it's think, not fair. Uh, it's unfair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it isn't. It isn't right. Like I think to an extent, I realize that it's our job. It's our job, right? Yeah. And sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves because it's like, well. The whole business relies on us. Well, the whole business doesn't rely on us. If we didn't do good work and we were pissing off clients, things would be even worse. Yeah. But I think that if we look at it as that uh, you know, sales rules all or cash flow rules everything when it comes to especially small business, you, you tend to get really stressed out about it. And it's when you get stressed out about things that I think it's a mental battle. Like I, I was talking to... Um, I was talking to, to, to friends in, in quarter quarter four who were helping me like mentally get through this this feeling of 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 guilt because you do put the pressure on yourself and um, this feeling of like you know not having control like you should have been doing something at some time so I, I do think that we we go through this you know mental wave of like extreme highs and extreme lows. And it can be sometimes really difficult to balance those things out. Uh, but I think that by having routine, that's when you, when you start having that, uh, yeah. that balance. And that's what I've, I've started doing a lot more is having that routine. So like my routine, and I, this is a strange trail of the, the conversation, but it somewhat does relate to you know, uh, what our resolutions are. And you know what a lot of people look at as resolutions. I think I might have talked about this in the last podcast, but yeah, but let's my, revisit. I, I think yeah. just just to add to what you're saying before before you start on it, it's it's not so weird. It's not weird at all. I think the routines that we set up ourselves or we 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 organize our lives around determine determine what we achieve. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, what I find is that the the reasons that it, that I would decelerate sales, or the reasons that you might have de- decelerated sales, are because of the fact that you got busy with other things. I was you were buying like, the house. Sure. So you're <laughs> buy, you're buying the house, or you're working and developing or designing a particular on a particular project, or strategizing with a particular client, and then you were like, yeah, I have these emails that I have to respond to, but nah, this thing is more important. Mm-hmm. So you keep doing that thing, and that's how sales gets decelerated because then those emails in your inbox, either you take a really long time to respond and then the lead or whatever uh, goes a different direction, or you forget about them and you don't follow up because you don't need to follow up or you don't feel the need to follow up because you're busy with other things. You forget to track that you even need to follow up with these people. So um, by forming better habits, you can stop the deceleration before it even happens. So for me, I find that knowing that I get really busy and then things start to fall by the wayside or important things that need to be ongoing like sales fall by the wayside means that I need to do those things when no one else is around. 
So for me, that means 6 a.m. I wake up. The first thing I do is uh, you know, a bunch of reading and stuff. But then I do all the sales tasks that I need to. And they've generally built up from the day before. So I get most of my work done before my son wakes up at 7.30 a.m. And then for an hour from 7.30 to 8.30, all I'm doing is you know, pretty well getting him ready for school. Then I go to either Starbucks or whether I'm working at home, wherever, and all I do is, is work on things that are ongoing. Because at that time, the team is more or less um, online, so there's some ongoing things that need to get done. But by that time, the majority of sales and the majority of things that I needed to get done are already done because I spent that hour in the morning. And it's unreal what we get done in an hour. It doesn't always mean that you know we can finish everything, but when there's no one around, no one bothering you, and I think this is one of the blessings of remote work, is not being bothered and not being taken away because we know this for development, we know this for sales, we know this for design. The second that you get pulled away to work on something else, that when you come back to it, your velocity, all the momentum that you've built on that particular task is lost. So I, I found that one of the things that's really helped me in, in being able to stay consistent is having those really good routines and not only having those routines but setting them up at, in times or you know, setting them up as habits in times that uh, there isn't stuff going on. So that way, things, again, don't fall by the wayside. So maybe that's something to take away from it, is, is, is looking at those routines. And if you look at, uh, there's so many posts, it pissed me off, so many posts I constantly see about like the habits of 10 successful people. Uh, you wouldn't believe what, what yeah, you know, Barack Obama does at five o'clock every morning. I'm like, I'm obsessed with those posts. I've read I, I read a book about that. Like the yeah, though the habits of like artists throughout history and yeah. how like they woke up and had coffee with three beans of coffee. I love yeah. this, by the way. <laughs> I have, well, I, it, 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 there's there's a lot of there's a lot of reason that you know people read them and stuff, but it's it's so funny because I constantly see that like the same title and the same post. It's like okay, I know what Barack Obama does five o'clock every morning. He takes a walk. Like that's great. I don't think he actually does that, but um, I think if we look at a lot of those, uh, a lot of people who've who've been successful. Um, they they look at things as either small wins or breaking things down as small tasks and uh, you know whether it's waking like it doesn't mean that you have to wake up early. Um, I think there's negative connotation of people who wake up early as being more successful or harder working, or people who stay up later are harder working or more successful. I, I think you know how people work is is it's different for every person so you can look at someone's schedule and say damn that person wakes up five o'clock in the morning the first thing that they do is they go to the gym for an hour damn that's crazy like but he's successful so therefore i guess him going to the gym at the morning has uh, a reason for that so i'm going to start doing that it might not work in your life but it's i think that the the important part of of building these routines and habits is figuring out what works in your day-to-day -day life and everyone's life is different so for me i have a son you know that impacts my schedule from 7:30 to uh to 8:30 and also in the afternoon when he gets back from school so and then obviously you know in, in a billion other ways that that affects your life in in positive ways but but there's, uh, there's other people who have you know, a part-time job during the day and they're freelancing or moonlighting at night. Like this, uh, or a full-time job during the day and they're, they're, they're moonlighting at night. I think that there's um, a lot of different lifestyles that people also want for themselves that then also affect 
you know, how these habits and routines fit in. But again, when you start building those habits, those routines, you start understanding what your schedule looks like every day. You start saying, okay, I'm going to plan meetings, but I want to plan meetings in the afternoon because I know mornings are really effective for me. So I need that to be as clear as possible. And it, you might plan one or two meetings here and there because of time zones or whatever else. But ultimately, the majority of the times your schedules in the morning are completely clear so you can focus and do a lot of work. I don't know. I think there's something to be said. There's, there's a certain maturity um, when, when you get to that point of, of being able to do that. And what it allows for you to do is be a little less scatterbrained. Um, and you might still be scatterbrained, but a little less means a lot when it comes to a business owner who is juggling 20 hats, uh, you know, any given hour. So yeah. I also think it's about intention, like being intentional and focused. It's, I think it's all about that. Even yes, going for the walk in the morning is not necessarily, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to, you're better at finding clients. Let's just, I mean, let's relate it to that. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to directly impact your, 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 your bottom line, but I think. It could, it, who knows? I oh, know. <laughs> I think it, it, I think it actually does, to be honest, to have a sort of being, um, or, or let's say for the same matter, if you're going to wake, go to bed at three in the morning, like there's a reason, there should be a reason for that. Not, not that you stay up on Instagram, right? Watching cat videos and then you wake up and it's two in the afternoon, like, sorry, the world doesn't operate like that. Like the world is already left you behind. Like you're behind, right? Um, and I think there's something to be said about feeling left behind when the world, the business world operates within a certain cadence. And you, unfortunately, if you don't know part of that cadence, you're left out. I mean, you work from home um, and you are disconnected 100% from the cadence in, in, from, in which the world works. I mean, lead, at, at least in, in a world where you, lead, where you deal with clients, it's kind of, you, you, I mean, unless you're selling ebooks online and you're like, a, you know, you don't talk to people at all, then that's one thing. But the world wants to work in a certain rhythm. Um, and I think that being intentional about your time and being intentional about um, how you spend the energy to improve the things that, that are important to you. I mean, this is, this is completely um, general. But for example, you wake up in the morning, you wake up early in the morning and while you're walking, you're listening to uh, uh, an audiobook, right? An right. audiobook on sales. Hell, yeah. I did that this morning. And I was nice. listening to an audiobook called 8020 Sales and Marketing. And it's really cool. Uh, it's very high level um, sales kind of talk, but it's, it, it just helps you put the certain dots together. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that throughout that time, I could, I spent time listening to my audiobook that got me thinking about sales and got my head thinking straight. Getting your head thinking straight is the key to anything because if your head is thinking straight if you're if you get your head kind of in line with the things that you need to be doing then you're going to be able to execute on them otherwise you won't if my head is thinking about you know i don't know photography for the day i'm not going to be thinking about business and sales and the and following the tasks that i need to be doing and and yeah. kind of bringing all of my bringing in all of my you know, my magic to the table. Otherwise, I am just doing a repetitive task. Does it yeah. make sense what I'm trying to say? 
Yeah, well, for me, it's also like grouping those things together. So, you know, if you're thinking about photography, or for me, it's like the thing, like I, I work at home, so it's the things that I need to get done around the house. I know that, well, actually right now I don't, but I know that sometimes I'll have a bunch of dishes that I need to, to get done, or I have, you know, laundry that needs to be put away or whatever. And it's so easy for those tasks to be used as procrastination tools. And it sounds awful because these aren't things that you would normally look at as procrastination, but it's like, okay, I need to get something done and instead I'm going to go um, you know, do something else that I think is productive because it's right there. But if I get those things done for me, if I get those things done in the morning, then what it means is for the rest of the day, I don't need to think about those things. If I set those things as tasks for certain parts of the week, so if it's like I'm doing laundry every second day or every third day or groceries once a week and I set the day that those things are being done, then I don't need to think about those things. And I think similarly, you know, to go back to successful people, um, you look at someone like Steve Jobs, um, who, who uh, and there's, there's a lot of people like him, who their clothing is always the same. And they have a very, and even Barack Obama, he did a, um, a show with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, which is really well done. And I, I love that, that series. But um, the episode with Barack Obama was hilarious. But uh, Barack Obama, or, or, or uh, Jerry asked at one point, uh, uh, Barack, what kind of, um, what he does with his clothing, like how many options he has and whatever else. And for him, it's like, well, I have like two options of suits and I, everything else is pretty well the same. And it sounds like such a strange thing, but if you look at a lot of people who are really busy, something as simple as clothing, they've, they, they've systematized and made so simple so that that small decision they don't need to think about every day. And the more things, again, that we put off of our plate as being things that we, we, we don't think about, the more that we can focus on the particular tasks and, again, be more intentional with our time. I think the hardest part for me, though, is Netflix. That is, that is something that I cannot set at a particular day or time. And right now, it's, it's, the, it's the show 24. It's killing me. And uh, I'm watching it with my fiancé, and it's... Are you in that type of time of your life where you can't stop hitting next yeah, well, it's 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 binge watching. So what I've done is there's a there's an app for Mac called Helium, uh, which has a heads up uh, display thing that you can. It's essentially like a heads up display browser. You can run Netflix in it, and then while you're working and stuff, you can always have the the Netflix window going. So it's been something of like background noise for me. So I'll find certain shows that I'm interested in, but I don't really need to or really care whether or not I'm paying attention. But I'm binge watching, but I'm still getting stuff done. And I'm trying to see how much that affects my productivity for the better or for the worse. But right now, I think, um, you know, we also have this, this society of, of, of things that are constantly in our face. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. Um, and something so simple as turning off all the notifications on your phone with the exception of phone calls uh, and, uh, and text messages and allowing yourself the ability to go to these, these social media uh, sites to uh, when you want to and choosing when you're notified about stuff. I think there's something to be said about having that control. And, and we do have that control. It's just by default. Yeah, it's not I set did up. that a long time ago. I turned off my notifications like a year and change ago, almost two years ago. And I've never looked back on yeah. that. Another thing for me was the do not disturb mode. Between 10 p.m. and uh, I think it's 6 or 7 a.m. for me, I have Do Not Disturb on my phone set up, and 
I can't tell you how much better my sleep has been because I don't hear whether or not I notice it. I don't hear a buzz going off on my phone. I don't go to bed with my phone. I used to go to bed with my phone all the time. Now I can easily leave it here because I'm not constantly checking it. And I would get into these points where I was trying to sleep, but then I was like, oh, I can't sleep. So my thing would be to check the phone. But that glare, that uh, the, the brightness of the phone, and regardless of what the brightness setting is, that the screen, your eyes don't are, are getting like excited, and then you're trying to go to sleep. It's two opposite things that are being trying to be done at the same time. And I'm guilty for falling asleep to Netflix, but that's another story. Well, but and, let me tell you, um, and I want to get back on the sales thing, but that same thing that you, that you said. I mean, my wife and I, we both. You know the those memes that show the couple like on the phones. Yeah, that's that's us. I swear, and I, I'm kind of ashamed of it. Like when we look at Adam, even we're like, oh my god, that's totally us. Um, because we'll go to bed, and it's you know maybe two hours pass, and we're still on our phones. Like I'm watching, I'm I'm looking. I don't know today. I'm I I, I am a type of guy that has like themes throughout the year, like you know changing themes. Now my theme now. Is watches check that out, and it's it's a it's it's a very dangerous theme to be in by the way, so so I'm wa looking at watches, and she's looking at I don't know something else, and then it's two in the morning right, and then what happens is part of my intention, and I'm now I'm j jumping back on the sales thing, um, is to get up at six so that by I can so my 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 schedule is a little different than yours my schedule is I want to get up at six and do a little bit of, of, of personal reading just reading whether it's a business related book or a novel but just an hour or two of straight up reading every morning and I don't want it to be like one time a week you know it has to be an everyday thing um and again the cumulative results of that but then Uh, I'm gonna use like two to three hours of like I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna play tennis. I know it sounds weird, but check this out. The mornings are enough for me. I can't work. I don't. For me, I don't operate well in the mornings. I just it's not the right time for me to get serious work done. I just know that that's I've I've already kind of tested that out. So instead, I am working from about noon till eight at night. That's my eight hour kind of in focus type of work. So for the first couple of hours in the morning, I'm thinking of, of and I say I'm thinking because I am starting to change my habits to, to doing this um, so that I can work more in the afternoons and nights where I am just, I am more effective at nights and, and throughout the day. And I, plus um, back to the sales and the whole thing, most of my customers are in the West coast and, uh, me being in Miami, Florida, um, they're in the morning, they're sleeping at seven in the morning. It's five, four in the morning for them. So I, I don't do anything in the morning in terms of like calls or emails or anything like that. So, uh, throughout the, 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 the rest of the day, I am giving all these people a lot, of, a lot of attention and I'm focusing on interactions with people. Yes. Email is important and I can schedule an email that will go out a certain time and all that stuff. But I'm focusing on interactions. And in, in the end of the day, one of the, the main things I'm doing is uh, hosting uh, one or two events locally in Miami that will require me to be at 
a place that I just told you the the a co-working location um, where we're going to be having hosting these events at. So I want to I don't want to be kind of oh I still have to do this. No, it has to be part of my routine that I'm there still at eight eight at night. So that people could show up at six and you know till eight and I'm out at eight. So it's it's going to be part of my daily base. I'm part of my daily thing to host the events. Um, without making it be a sacrifice. Right, right, right. And I think one of the things that, that stops us from doing that is we have these ideas of all these things we want to do, but they never get translated on paper. So like we were saying like earlier, things that are tracked can be improved. I think that um, if you want to be able to start forming some of these habits, at least for me, the way that I did it was by writing them down. And the the way that I was, doing it was uh, you know, I have a wonderlist uh, task, morning routine and evening routine. And those recur every day. And so what happens is that task has like 10 subtasks of all these things that I want to get done. Everything from brushing my teeth to eating something to moisturizing, which is new for me, and to like, uh, you know, I do Elevate, the, uh, the app. It's kind of like luminosity or whatever. Um, and it just kind of gets my brain going. Uh, to stretching, all those things that I want to get done on a daily basis, I put that down as a task. And I'm constantly adding to this task so that in the morning when I'm waking up and stuff, the first thing that I generally do, again, is, is read. And I'm usually looking at emails and trying to get my inbox as close to zero as possible before, before um, I, I finish my morning shift, let's say. And then um, I look at my tasks and I'm like, okay, cool. These are the things I need to get done. So I brush my teeth. So I you know, stretch. So I uh, elevate. Uh, so I do all these different things. And what I think happens otherwise if I didn't write those things down is I forget about them. It's like, oh, I forgot to take my medication for the day. Oh, I forgot to stretch today. And the reason that you didn't do it is because you forgot about it because there's other things going on. It's not that it's necessarily less of a priority than anything else. It's just sometimes that you forgot. And I think that the more that we write down, the more that we document, the more that we you know, keep track of all these things that are going around in our lives that are so busy – the more, again, we can stay on top of them. And some of those things are sales tasks. So they are the, the things you do every day to make sure that sales is ongoing. And sometimes those things that you do every day, isn't, they aren't necessarily as, as specific as, I'm going to have 10 phone calls today. Because you you're, you're not a telemarketer, right? You're not calling 10, not necessarily. You could be if that's the, the way your business is, is formed, which is totally fine. But you could be calling 10 businesses a day and just opening yellow pages and, you know, point, well, do people open yellow pages? I guess like open like on the web. Ineffect, ineffective people do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to point fingers, but I mean, okay, there's something to be said about cold calling and cold email. It actually works if you're targeting relevant people to what you're trying to sell. True, uh, but I, I think that um, at the same time, I have at least on any given week five uh, offshore development firms emailing me, and technically I'm relevant, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want them to reach out to me every week. I have such, 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 such low patience for them. Low right? patience for those, um, and they call me sometimes. I'm like, "How did you find out my phone number? I don't document that anywhere." Like, you got to figure if someone doesn't put their email address out in the open, okay, they don't want you to email them. So anyways, it's a, it's a, it's a funny part, but 
I think that uh, you know, regardless of what the action is on a daily basis, whether it's checking your emails, whether it's going through a certain marketplace that you find sales through, or a lead uh, tool that uh, brings you, or, or a, a, a kind of like newsletter or something that brings you leads on a daily basis, certain amount of job messaging boards that you go to, uh, whether it's you know speaking to certain people, whether it's writing blog posts or articles for other, whatever those actions are that you feel are important for you generating sales. If you write those things down, they'll actually get done and you'll be able to track it. There's um, a few apps that um, at the end of the year started to be um, marketed and stuff as apps to help you build some of these habits and stuff. Um, and I wish I could uh, remember the name of one of them off the top of my head. Uh, but, but essentially the, the idea is that you, you have to go into this app daily and uh, when you go into the Checking app... Checking stuff, right? Yeah, it'll it'll essentially. So one of them is called Way of Life, um, and the other one is Momentum Habit Tracker. They're both on the iOS App Store. Um, both of them are, are are great tools. I think Way of Life uh, doesn't have as many restrictions as Momentum Habit Tracker, uh, but that's uh, for the free version at least. Um, but both of them essentially allow you to say, okay, I'm going to exercise, um, and I, my goal is to exercise three times a week. Okay, cool. So if you're can exercise three times a week. It'll remind you to exercise, and then if you say that you did it, it keeps track of your your uh, streak. Yeah, your streak, and then so you can see. Okay, this week I you know did this thing. So elevate, for example, I'm on a huge streak for elevate because I do it every morning, and if uh, if I don't do it, then it breaks that streak, and then I'm like, damn, I feel like I didn't do uh, some. I, I feel like I did something wrong. Uh, there's another app that's really cool. I, it's a um, it's actually like an RPG game. Um, that uh, as you complete tasks on a daily basis, uh, you will actually level up your your uh, character in this game. Um, and the the app is called Habitica. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. It's like this eight bit cool game. It's basically a task list, and um, and you kind of go through this game, and and you get all these experience points, and then you can battle monsters and stuff. And you can battle monsters as as a team, and you create all the tasks that you're going to complete. And then you can use uh, as you complete tasks, you earn gold, and that gold relates to tasks that you want to do. So again, like on the we- on the front page of the website, they have you know if you complete a task and you get three pieces of gold, fifteen pieces of gold is watching one episode of your favorite TV show. Now it doesn't mean that it's restricting, and you could kind of go and watch your TV show re- regardless of whether or not you actually complete the task. And who knows if you completed the task. But these are some ways that maybe you can start building some of these habits in a more interesting. I want to ask you something, but check check this thinking out. Like, okay, like, I, I want to be devil's advocate about this sort of thing for a second, just okay. for for the hell of like the, the the conversation. So I use these tasks, though. So I am not a. I'm explaining this. I'm I'm doing this this preamble because I use a lot of these tools not not this one but some tools i've used like i use to do list it's my to do personal to do task my personal to do list thing um and i i've used some of those that you know the streak thing and it's yeah there's some gamification like you know it makes you makes it fun but let me ask you okay why are we why don't we just and this isn't i don't mean to 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 do this in a in a you know, sexual way or like, you know, make it <laughs> feminine, feminine or masculine type of thing. But why don't people just man up 
instead of having to use these little little tools yeah. and like just do the work like oh, okay but tr trust me i'm talking kind of to myself like why do i need these mimics this this mimics no this uh what's the word um these whatever these tools to push me like motivate yourself to do anything that's the habit of this thing if i was the boss of somebody who had to use this app i'd be pissed off like they have a corporate plan the corporate plan the guy with a tie in a suit that runs a multi hundred two hundred million dollar company which is small in, in terms of world standards not in our world but in <laughs> if you look at the world with a billion like, dollar a companies dollars would be a hundred million dollars would be awesome right now yeah oh, but check exactly. this out but the, you know the real big companies of the world operate yeah. in the billions or, totally. or trillions sure. or whatever yeah, yeah. so why you know if if steve jobs let's go up there let's go all the way up there he's like oh you need habitica to get motivated you're freaking fired Yeah, like I see, but the the problem is that it's it's a personal thing, right? Like some people, it's so easy to to just remember all the things you need to get done, and it, it's a lot of the times it's because the habits formed. But sometimes to bridge the gap between starting a habit and having a habit, you have to have something to remind you. And for some people, it's tools. For us, it's tools because we're in front of screens all day. We love digital. This is what we live for. But for other people, it's a post-it note on their bathroom thing. And it's just a reminder until that habit's formed. And then once that habit's formed, it's like, well, damn straight, I'm moisturizing every day. I need to moisturize every day because I moisturize every day. You know, it's just a thing that you do. But until it becomes such, you know, whether it's a tool like Habitica or whatever, that, that, that RPG tool, or whether it's just a task list, or whether you're writing something down. In people's lives, when they're busy, it's hard to remember all the things you need to do. And if you're not, again, if you're not tracking it, if, if it's not tracked, it can't, be, it can't be improved. So by starting out and saying, I know that I need to do these things to be successful in this area of my life or in my business or whatever else, If you break those things down and you write them down, then you won't forget them. And it doesn't mean that every day you'll do them. Although that's, you know, I think it's 30 days you have to do something consecutively to, for it to be formed as a habit. Um, and then it's like 10,000 hours that you have to do something to be an expert or whatever. But anyways, I don't know how they, how they come up with this stuff. But that being said, if, if it takes 30 days for you to, to, to do something consecutively for it to be a habit then do that thing every day. And whether you keep it tracked in Wonderlist or in an email that uh, you know, spins out to you once, uh, once a day and reminds you of the things that need to, be get, uh, to get done at a particular time, or whether it's you know, a weird RPG game that... But let me tell you, yeah. as much as I want to hate on Habitica, I'm already playing with this thing. Like My character has a sword, a leather armor, and... A is called the something stupid hat. There you go. That's awesome. See, I, I got I got really into <coughs> Minecraft. My son got it for for Christmas, and so when he gets home from school, he you know does his normal routine. You know, gets uh, gets dressed. Uh, you know, has snack, does his homework, whatever, and then for like an hour, we'll play Minecraft. And I'm so addicted to this damn game. How important is it now for you that you where you are right now, right? I mean, now that you brought up your son, and I think that's, you know, I respect you like a hundred 
times. Like, like I have big respect for you because of the way that, you know, you have a son. That's a huge responsibility. Um, we, my wife and I are not there yet, but we also want to have be parents. But now that you're where you are, how important is it for you to instill these, these things, these um, these things you're learning, right? These 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 habits that you are learning as a grown man, uh, to your son now that he, you know he he's he's fresh. He can learn them much quicker than than we can, and be a better better than we are. Right. How important is that for you now? First of all, I, I, I have a hard time believing that I'm a grown man. So I, I, I think to a certain extent, so I'll you say, are. you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 avoid, I'll avoid comment on that part of it. But I think, uh, you know, what I've, what I've learned from being a parent and what I've heard from a lot of parents who are way more experienced than I is that um, your, your, your children learn from what you do, from your actions. You don't teach it. It's not... Something that you say, okay, I'm going to buy a chalkboard or a whiteboard or a smartboard now, or like the paper, the, the thing, that, the paint that you put on your walls and you can draw on it and stuff. But the, um, I'm going to you know, teach him a lesson on forming good habits. You can do that, sure, but I think there's something way more meaningful to seeing your parent doing a particular action. I think you know one of the big parts of my childhood, the the way that I have my values is through the way that my parents not only respected you know each other, uh, but respected others and all the things that they do for other people. Um, like constantly, I'm I'm told by people how special my dad is. For example, my dad's a, 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 a professor, but he uh, he he's a mechanic. And uh, he does so many things for so many people. If someone asks him to uh, you know, change the tires on their car from summer tires to winter tires or do an oil change on, on their car, he has no problem with doing it. And he won't ask for anything in return. And I think that you know, for, for me, growing up as that being the norm, he didn't have to go and s go to a board and say, hey, son, these are the things that you need to do to be successful in life, or this is how you be respected. I just looked up to him, my brother, my, my mom, as people who I respected because you know, they were around me all the time and because of all the praise and, and positivity in their lives. And I think when we, as when, when, you know, me as a parent, the way that I look at it is if I can have a positive life that you know, my son can see as having such an impact on my life that I can, you know, spend time with him and, and, and be a part of his life and care about what he's involved in and talk to him and, you know, just be able to be around. I think that, and it's not even necessarily around physically all the time because, you know, things get busy, but emotionally being there for, for him, I think that, he, he just picks up on those things and kids pick up on those things. And it's a big part of creating their value systems, especially when they're young, is seeing these things. So when it comes back to these habits, I would just went on this weird parental tangent. But, um, you know, you, you brought up children now, man. Like, that's the worst thing to bring up with a parent because that's all they're going to do is talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, I brought it up because we were talking about – so yeah. I, wish, I wish growing up – I wish growing up my parents had instilled – in me, in me, for example, uh, a habit of reading more, 
Like that's something I had to kind of dig, dig deep in and say, I have to do this. And I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but they right. didn't teach me by example. My, both my parents are doctors. They did not have time in their life to read. And when, and they read a hell of a lot when they were studying, Yeah. but I wasn't around then. So I didn't yeah. catch on to that. So, but I, I think that it's less about habits here. Here's the thing is it, it's less about the specific actions that you do on a daily basis that your parents teach you when you're a kid and you pick up for the rest of your life. My parents read to me and uh, we, we said prayers every night before bed. Now, as you know, to use your words, not mine. Now, as a grown ass adult, you know, I'm. Uh, well, you didn't grown say, ass man. Grown ass man was that it? Okay, yeah. so I can't misquote you. You know, um, but but the 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 reality is, I don't I don't read a book and say my prayers every night. But I've started those habits with my son. Every night, I read a book and we say prayers. But here's the thing: it's the values. It's the idea of routine. It's the idea of positivity, of, of giving yourself to others in a way that is, you know, um, respectful of, of other people's time and, and making sure that you also stand up for what you believe in. I think those are, the, are values, and, and values are way more important than specific habits because the values will determine what those habits are and how effectively those habits are done and in what way those habits are done. Like if I would much rather a parent teach you about um, what it is to be a, uh, a, a, a responsible citizen than uh, through their actions than to read every day. You know what I mean? And I think right. when you look at it in that perspective, you as an adult can figure out whatever the hell you want to do with your life, whether I can't believe your your parents are both doctors. That's like unreal. That is super cool. I think, and my parents are teachers, and I really think that that's really cool. That's but really like, cool. But the uh, the reality is that it's it's not about the actions all the time. Like sometimes it's just about who you are as a person, and all those actions, all those other things, they'll come with time. Because when you, I'm sure, as you were raised, your parents hustled. They were doctors. They oh, were yeah. so busy. That's why you hustle so hard, man. You don't even know that you're doing it, but you're being exactly like your parents. And it's a good thing. It's a good, well, I mean, and some people could have bad habits that were formed by their parents. But at the same time, like, that is, it, our parents have such a huge, important part of our lives. And I think when we look at it as, a, you know, being a parent is a responsibility of crafting a, 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 a human being it's not their actions. It's who they are as a person. I think there's yeah. something about that. And I think there's something, and just, just to, you said a word that I love that I, and I am becoming a huge fan of this guy, Vay, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm -hmm. because I mean, he's all over the place. I, sometimes I'm like, shut up, dude. But sometimes <laughs> I love him. You know what I like about the guy? The hustle. Yeah. The hustle. He brings it on, like the energy. And he doesn't just talk it. He is hustle. But check this out. Yeah. It, he, rem like his, My dad, every you just brought us something interesting. My dad, he would wake me up or I would wake up in the middle of the night, like at 4.30 in the morning, you know, just be woken up by the sounds of in my house because my dad was up shaving, getting dressed. He, he's yeah. a plastic surgeon. So oh, wow. he's getting, he goes to work with like the suit, like the whole, like, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. James Bond has nothing on my dad. Um <laughs> And he go, you know, like super suited up because his first surgery in the morning is like seven in the morning. So he has to be like 
ready for that. And he has to be awake because, like, fully awake, he's going to go and, you know, do surgery in somebody that ex that is extra healthy because for you to be able to be operated on, you have to go through a bunch of exams, right? Right. So you and you pass those exams then you're operated on so you're extra healthy so the responsibility is even higher because yeah. somebody super healthy that you're that has that is not dying right that you're trying that you're now going to operate on so anyways he has to be like on top of his game by seven in the morning so he would get up at like four four thirty yeah. um and he was again the hustle of this guy leaving the house at night because it's still at night and then coming back at night at like eight nine and at night and that's that's now you say that that is something i learned from my dad and it's interesting that i'm talking about this in a podcast um <laughs> but you you made it so like visually like you're reminding me of those moments in my life that like made me who i am and yeah. And it's important, and it's important to remember who you are, because um, you know, especially in you know the mental challenges of being, um, you know, a business owner, it it's it's tough uh, to feel. You, you get these feelings of not knowing who you are. There was this uh, funny joke that was going around over the holiday season of uh, the two weeks that you know some people had off, where uh, pe you know it's a moment of watching a lot of Netflix and wondering what you're doing with your life because you're not doing work. And I think when it says something that we sometimes forget who we are as, as people and especially in those mentally challenging times, I think those are the most important times to remember who you are and what you're fighting for. Uh, to, 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 we're, we're reaching out the, the end of the episode, but it's, you just said something interesting um, that I want to kind of add on or, or ask you about. So, um, Are you, do you enjoy the holidays the same way you used to before? Well, you have a kid, so you kind of have to enjoy it. But yeah. do you personally, like, ex I, I used to enjoy them much more than I do now. Now it's like the slow time of the year and I'm freaking out. Yeah, I, I don't for some of the, sometimes those reasons. I mean, this year right, in particular was definitely for that. Um, I think one big part of it as well is that I don't get presents anymore. So um, I think that, you know, not getting Xbox games or at one point I got a domain name given to me and hosting. That was like one of my presents when I was like 10 or something, um, like, which is like one of the coolest presents that, that I could have been given was given from my uncle. Um, but I would be like shopped around. I wouldn't have to do any of the work of like, you know, getting organized, cooking anything, buying presents, whatever. You just went around for this ride and got stuff for it. Like it's so cool. And then you got two weeks off of school, which is effectively work. But I think as a business owner, it changes. First of all, the end of the year for consultancies is generally a, a time of, of things scaling down. Um, sometimes there is, you know, in November, a big Uh, up, uh, uh, uptick of work because there are marketing campaigns for the holidays that need to be done. But regardless of that, um, there's there's still usually at least a month where things are a little bit stressful because you don't have anything to do. But then over the holidays, there are things that still need to get done to keep running the business, even though your staff could all be off. Like our, our team was all off for two weeks. And that's also hard because those are your friends. And so you don't get to see your friends for two weeks and hang out with them necessarily um, or, and do something that you enjoy because of this weird time off. So it's, it's mixed feelings, right? Because like, on the other end of it, 
there are such great things that happen during the holidays. I get to see my family, which I love my family. I get to uh, play Minecraft. I get to watch a lot of Netflix. <laughs> I get you know to 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 relax and catch up on sleep. Um, so there there are pros and cons. It's a very bittersweet, but it's a definite change from 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 childhood. That's for sure. Man, um, I want to thank you for your time, brother. Like you're every time you come here, we have meaningful conversations, and honestly. Every time we talk, we have meaningful conversations. We don't even need to be recording it for it to be meaningful. Like we <laughs> have these conversations offline, and and uh, you know, thank you for taking the time again, carving thank time you. out of your Friday and catching okay. up with me and and doing this. Um, as I said, I, I, I you're gonna be somebody I'll ask to come on the show often. Hopefully, I think there's something in the future for you and I to ha <laughs> have our own show. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I foresee it's going to be called Talking Shop. And we're going to be talking shop with... There's there's the Talk Shop po podcast that, that no. already exists. Yeah, but we're going to be better than that one. That's like the <laughs> that's like the, the design one, right? Chris Coyer or something like that? Yeah. That's, yeah. You, can't, you cannot say that you're going to beat Chris Coyer Oh uh, yeah, we will. You know. We will. We will. Oh Trails, my goodness! Yes, we will. Chris, it's, I'm sorry. It's it's technically the shop talk show. Okay. So there's, there's that, and it's we, we can't forget Dave Rupert, who's huge as well. Um, but I mean, yes, I, talking I, shop is ours. I'm telling you, man, that's ours. Well, we'll figure out a name, but something has to happen. The knockoff version of the shop. <laughs> All right, my friend, once again, thank you so much. And uh, for everybody who tuned in, uh, make sure you follow James. Actually, James, where can people follow, find you? Uh, fuse.ca uh, is is uh, the company's website. Find more about us. We spell Fuse funny. It's P-H-U-S-E. Um, and you can also find us at FuseCA uh, on Twitter, or you can find me, which is probably, you know, the, the, the actual answer to the question, at James Costa on Twitter. All right, my friend. Once again, thank you so much. And to all of you guys, thank you for tuning to Launch Home.